0: When you start chasing things or start thinking about oh well if i could get this here then maybe i've got an easier shift onto the green i think when you start getting ahead of yourself like that then you you lose focus with actually what you need to do in that moment
1: and welcome back welcome aboard another park train i'm one of your co-hosts evan singer we've got my partner in crime mr matt sermac with me what's up ev good to be back we just had an awesome ride with Aaron Hyde, the goalkeeper coach of the U S men's national soccer team, as well as Charlotte FC. So our first guest in the soccer world, I thought it was really interesting. We're going to get to it in a second, but first guys, if you're new, welcome aboard. If you ride this train often also welcome aboard. If your golf game's off the rails, if you're sick of riding the struggle bus, you've come to the right place. We help the frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again, because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything the Par Train unpacks the mental game with PJ Tour pros, best-selling authors, sports psychologists, everyday golfers like you and me, goalkeeper coaches for the men's national team, soccer, you name it, we do it, and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. This episode of The Par Train is presented by our friends at Rollback Activeware. I hope you guys took advantage of of all the master stuff that came out. Now we're a couple of weeks post the masters by the time you listen to this, but good news. Roback is always releasing new spring fall styles, no matter Absolutely. when you're listening to this. So roback.com, enter the code train, get yourself 15% off. If the code doesn't work, it means you've probably bought with them before. So read between the lines, do what you need to do.
2: Get ready for Cinco de Mayo and Derby, you know, because they're oh. going to
1: have some prints out. So, they just dropped this new old school baseball print polo where it's like well, the, opening
2: day, you know, yeah, opening days. We recorded here, this so March 30th in Chicago. Come on, guys! True.
1: So, if you guys forget the code, just go to our Instagram at the partrain, tap the link in the bio. We'll always have a rowback link there that'll auto apply in your cart. So, thank you to rowback as always for the support, and thank you guys for all the messages about how much you love your rowback gear. It really is the best, stretchiest best polos and hoodies and Q-zips, vests, joggers, you name it. They got it all. And they really are an amazing group of people building this thing from the ground up. So we always get excited to get your messages, keep sending them, and thank you to Roback. Okay, Aaron Hyde, like I said, U.S. Men's National Soccer Goalkeeper Coach, as well as uh, Charlotte FC was previously with the uh, Chicago Fire. And I thought this was really... Interesting, because look, we know we've done baseball. We've done a couple professional baseball players and former World Series MVPs, if you remember that, um, yeah. of the St. Louis Cardinals, Mark Mulder and David Freeze. And I love these episodes because I love drawing parallels with golf. A goalie is obviously reactionary, right? But guess what? The goalie has a ton of time to think in between stops and I really loved the PK discussion as yeah. well of like really breaking down. How does a goalie mentally prepare for a PK? A thing that is statistically in his opponent's favor, right? Oh, absolutely we related
2: that to golf. The goalie is one of the most, what's the word have. It's like the most watched positions in sports, right? We think about the goalies. We think about a kicker in the NFL. We think about a pitcher in baseball, these individual positions on team sports. But we certainly know and feel that that connects back to golf being the ultimate individual sport. I loved it. I loved what he, ta- he talks a lot about, how he communicates, how he coaches goalies. I mean, managing their emotions, their expectations. You know, we do a lot of parallels with, you know, having a short-term memory, like hitting a bad shot in golf, how to come back, how to react, get into some data to talk too, which is fun. And, and that's really around commitment, which I think was really fascinating. Yeah. So just a great conversation. Like, like you said, Ab, these are, these are really fun ones for us. We love talking to talk those non-golfers, but he's a golfer too. So, and he yeah. really like, you know, <laughs> like any of us, like, like all of us humbled by the game, right. And about what it takes to be good at golf and having a pre-shot routine, and understanding course management, fantastic conversation.
1: Yeah. And one thing to keep in mind guys is this happens sometimes when our guests have you know, a certain headphone in. Sometimes the voice can go in and out. It can be a little bit muffled. So we're going to do the best we can with the edit, Um, but just stick with us. Maybe turn it up a little bit. Maybe it'll promote listening even closer. The interview will impact you even more. So keep that in mind. Stay with us to the end, because that's when we'll talk about the U.S. Men's National Team stuff, which I thought was just so fascinating to hear from someone inside that locker room and how they build the culture and the mindset Mm -hmm. of being the USA in the World Cup. Just such a unique, amazing access to that. What an inside
2: look. Yeah.
1: So thank you guys, as always, for hopping aboard. If this interview or any interview adds value to you, all we really ask is to leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a follow at The Par Train, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're posting there every single day, stuff that's not on the show, to keep you on track and help you enjoy the ride. So, sir, no matter how many easy goals you let in playing soccer, Or how many balls you hit OB. Or how many times you don't stay present and you get in your own way. What do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. Thanks, guys. Aaron Hyde, welcome aboard the Park Train, my man. We're excited to have you.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Excited to be on.
1: Our first goalkeeper coach that we've Mm -hmm. ever had. First, actually, I think, sir, keep me honest, first guest that has been in the game of soccer. And Sermon and I are excited because some of our favorite episodes, Aaron, have been other sports, other disciplines, and finding the parallels between the two. We've had baseball players, we've had many other athletes, and we're excited to dig in to soccer. But first, Aaron, I got to ask you selfishly, I'm from St. Louis originally, and there's a ton of buzz right now about St. Louis FC. I wanted to see... Is Charlotte FC where you coach? Are you guys starting to feel the buzz from St. Louis all the way in Charlotte or are you starting to shake in your boots because of the buzz of this new franchise?
0: I mean, it's ironic that you bring that up because (laughs) obviously we, we opened up that stadium and gifted them a victory. Uh, (laughs) uh, Pretty incredible things that are going on down there at the minute. I mean, you know, fair play to them. They, they've set everything up properly. They've come in with a vision of how they want to produce things and, uh, so far, they've played 5 and won 5 so it's, uh, you could say it's going pretty good.
1: It's got to be pretty rare for a new franchise. I am th- I was thinking of other sports. It's pretty rare for a new franchise to come in and start doing well. I guess the, the Vegas Golden Knights and hockey, I guess, are an example of that. But yeah. other than that, with the NFL, that wasn't usually the case. New franchises would kind of come in and struggle.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I was in Atlanta when they started in 2017, and we won it the next year. We won an MLS Cup in 2018. The first year definitely was some ups and downs. And, and we thought it was overall it was a pretty good year, all things considering. To win five games in a row is just insane. So yeah, you know, that uh, played to them. Fortunately, they're not in our conference, so they can keep doing it if they want. Yeah.
1: Totally. We're gonna give our listeners, I think, foundational knowledge and just kind of build the base of what goes into being a goalkeeper and such. But first I wanted to ask just more high level, big picture. Obviously, a soccer goalie is inherently playing defense. Obviously, they're trying to stop the attack from the the other team. But Aaron, is there an aspect of the best goalies having to have an offensive mindset, if that makes sense, where you almost have to attack the task? Because in, in golf, defensive is not a good thing. So maybe talk about the balance there of being a defensive player, but still needing to have an offensive mindset.
0: So well, I think for me the biggest thing with goalkeeping is, is the primary objective is to keep the ball out the back of the net. The position has evolved so much in the last 10-15 years where, like you say, there's there's more of a push towards being proactive. So that obviously means being more on the front foot and not just waiting for the waiting for the game to come to you. But then with rule changes that were came into play twenty years ago and not being able to pick up back passes you have to be able to use your feet. So there is this offensive element which has become very, very strong. And, you know, one of the biggest coaches in soccer in the world, Pep Guardiola, has kind of revolutionised the position in terms of having the goalkeeper and using them as an extra outfield player. So there is definitely Mm. this huge shift in uh, thought process and, and the psyche of a goalkeeper, not just to be this stand on the line and reactive and have to be a little bit more proactive and have to be braver and have to be prepared to Participate in the game
2: a lot more. That's good. And and Aaron, again, welcome to the show. I wanted to read a quote for you by Pat Jennings, former Northern Ireland goalkeeper from years and years ago. So he said, The game is easy. It's when you get in front of big crowds, it's something's at stake, like winning the match. That's when the mental side comes in. I think we see that a lot with golf. We see that with a lot of sports, but a golfer has a lot of time in between good shots and bad shots. And so does a goalkeeper. And then obviously, you know, penalty kicks and things, but as it relates to the mental side, you know, how are you working, you know, with your, with your goalkeepers and on that side of the development?
0: It's a great point. I think obviously the first important thing is to get to know them on a personal level. Uh, you're working with the person first and that's always important. And then from there, I think it's about developing a framework that works for them. You think about how you approach training, how you can approach games. And I think for me, it's always about trying to put those two together. Within that framework, I think for me some of the key things that will always stick out, and I think these some of the things I've heard from your podcast in previous episodes are just about staying in the moment, being present, and I think that's so true for for particularly a position that I sort of really focus on, and goalkeeper, you can't control and what's going to happen, you don't know. Uh, so the only thing that matters is the now, uh, and and being able to respond in the right the right way to to what is what is going to happen, I think is really important. So. You know, when you think about what you said in terms of that question and putting people in the stands and putting something on the line, if you're worried about that stuff and the outcome, then the processes that you're working on every day in training are, are, they become irrelevant because you're going to get lost up in everything else uh, rather than focusing on what's got you got you there got you to, got you to where you are and staying on task.
2: Evan and I have talked about a lot with with each other and with different guests. One of the great ways to be in the present to stay focused on the golf course is to really just be one with your pre-shot routine. Like that's what you can control as a golfer, right? You know, and just sticking to your routine and that kind of helps calm your thoughts, block out your thoughts a little bit that you might be thinking about results or trying to hit a great shot. I don't know if you would use pre-shot routine for a goalie, but talk about that or what a goalie can lean on, especially after, you know, letting in an easy goal or going against a team that, you know, is you know better. Just, What's a routine they can stick to?
0: I think in terms of you know, in, in the way that I work, I think that, that the routine. We recap the game, uh, and we think about you know the good moments and the opportunities of you where know, we could maybe look at things a bit, a little bit differently. And then from there, we start to move forward. Really, we start to think yeah. about what the opponent's going to present to us and the threats, uh, just to make make the players aware opportunities for us to, to right. hurt them. Uh, and and then also continue to work on the things that uh, that we know uh, each individual needs so that they continue to move forward themselves. And I think from that standpoint of that routine and the consistency and that not really changing too much that when you get to the game, you know, between on the field and, and in video meetings, you you should be able to prep, prep the players well enough to to know what the challenge is. And then from there, obviously, it's always, I think for me, it's always about presenting them with an opportunity to do something well. And it's never about, or you know, this is a tough game or this is a tough environment. Because I think if you talk about that stuff, uh, it can start to weigh a little bit regardless. I think, I mean, it's just human nature to to think of the negative thoughts first. So for me, it's always about thinking about the opportunities of what could be.
1: Help our listeners gain a little foundational knowledge. Because I even played soccer in high school and I still don't really even know in regards to like, help me break down different goalkeeper styles like to me i think when someone thinks of a goalie you think of lanky ability to jump agile and basically do they stop goals or do they not right where it's it's golf there's a lot more it's more obvious I think you've got power players you've got more finesse you've got great around the greens you've got great approach players what separates goalies and what are the different styles that you have to work with within as a coach
0: in terms of styles i think i think the way i look at it is is that there's not one right way or wrong you know there's not a right or wrong way to do something in terms of the position and being successful it's about finding what works best for the individual and then from there making sure that you're able to continuously work on those things so that they can be successful there's a lot of obviously high-level players and there's a lot of competition. You think of the top nations in the world, the Germanys, Brazil's, Argentinas, Englands, they all have high-level players and they all, all have, have different makeups. You know, and they all go about how they achieve that objective differently. So, you know, some of the things you touched on there, you know, the speed, the power, the size, maybe one person's better as a shot stopper, maybe one's better in possession, you know, distribution. And then it's about understanding what that what that player has and then knowing maybe what you would want to try and add versus how that may work within the team's st- structure and game model. Because that'll always be important. There's there's no point wanting your goalkeeper to come and claim loads of crosses if they're five seven. In a professional game where the most you know, a lot of players are six foot. You're maybe asking something that's maybe a little bit unrealistic for that player. So piecing all those things together, I think is really important.
1: How much of your work with the goalkeepers on obviously the US men's national team, as well as Charlotte and Atlanta previously, is mental versus physical? And on the physical side, what are you working on technically with a goalkeeper? I,
0: if I'm honest, I think that it's been the, in the last probably three or four years, been the biggest eye opener to me in terms of something I've had to invest is to learn more about this mental side of the game and Mm. think about how i the language i use how i'm saying something when i'm saying something i think i've probably dismissed it a little bit before of just the old school nature of well you that's that's on that's you know basically on the player and they need to figure that part out you know i think that side of things is so important these days in terms of players being able to manage themselves manage their emotions put things into context so I, I would definitely say I've made a conscious effort in the last three or four years to to really work at that.
1: Can you give an example of something you might have said previously that you say differently now in the last three years?
0: I, maybe not necessarily said differently. I think some of the things I think I've, I, I've thought about in recent years would be, I think more would be along the lines of being honest in conversations, at a conversation with a A player last summer two summers ago now with the national team when he was disappointed he wasn't playing in the tournament and I basically said oh the one uh, another player outperformed him and he he took that to heart and really took that away from him Uh, took took that away from the tournament we ended up winning the gold cup that year and when I sent him a message saying congratulations wrote a, a nice note in terms of appreciate the the work the conversations that we had had and Uh, And, you know, something I always like to talk about with players a lot is uh, or frame to them is what do they look like when they're at the best? Mm. Uh, Think about their best games, their best moments and think about how they can then give me sort of action based words that could highlight those positive moments. So it's it's not just a a conversation, but it's something then that I can use and I can listen to the words and the language that they use to then. Help them try and develop some sort of framework from which they can always revert back to, um, because I think that's something that tends to happen a lot. For and I'm I'm guessing it happens with every sport. They will have a certain thing and they'll find a groove, and you know maybe have a little bit of form, but then there's this all of a sudden those negative thoughts always be there and creep back in, and players not being able to find a way in which they can recenter themselves and go back, so having something to go back to to get themselves back on task.
2: Aaron, I want to maybe expand on what you said regarding what does it look like when you're at your best? Oftentimes me like growing up playing, you know, and being a lesson with my coach and it would be working on something. And, and then I'd hit this great shot. And he would say, well, what did that feel like? Right. Cause I, I, I couldn't see it, right? but what did it feel like? And more often than not, it's like, it just felt tension free. It felt, loose and it felt like i could be aggressive and it's hard to describe right but i would imagine that's similar when you have those conversations when you're putting in the work with your goalkeepers i mean it's very instinctual what a goalkeeper has to do they have to make a prediction but i think golfers at their best are genuinely just instinctual and just make you know hit the shot instead of making a swing for sure,
0: I, yeah, exactly what you say. There, I think for anyone, right, you're at your best when uh, you know what you have to do, and you 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 think less about it and go and just execute. Um, and it's usually the thoughts in your own mind about, well, I need to put it here, or it's it's a eighty eighty yard shot, and it's the and the wind's blowing in my face. So how hard do I how how hard do I really need a swing? And I think it's the same in my my world in terms of getting the players to focus on. The right information, remove information which they don't need,
2: right, and it gets you away uh, from too much information. Yeah, golf exactly. can be an absolute yeah. killer, wanting to know everything.
0: Yes, so I think that's something that I I like to talk to as well to my players because sometimes I'll, they'll they be like, well, it could have been this, and it was this, and I thought about this, and I'm like, well, you, you could have just you should, probably should just take away some of that then, so that you've got less to think about. Yeah, uh, what
1: you're saying, Aaron, is it's no different than golf and soccer. With the best athletes in the league, goalkeepers in this case, it sounds like stripping away things usually have to strip away more than adding on, I think is what you're saying as a coach.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. At times, I think there's times when you are going to be, you're going to add a ton of layers and you're going to throw a ton of information at, at someone, or but there are moments when you have to just back off, I think, and I think that is probably the nuances of coaching of knowing your own players, knowing the group. And I think that's where, you know, when we talked about at the beginning, you have to get, you have to know them individually. You have to know them on a more of a personal level to, to know when, when to push things and maybe when not to, because I think if you just go one way or the other too much, it can be difficult to to be successful.
1: I know we're going to get to men's national team in a second. We're going to get to your golf game and, I heard you actually use golf with your players as a tool. So we'll definitely get to that if that's true. But first, I think everybody probably wants to know, cause I'm itching to ask it. So I assume our listeners probably are too. Let's talk about PKs for a second, because this is obviously the spotlight of being a goalkeeper, right? And a lot of times as a goalkeeper, at least from the outside looking in, it's it's a guess. Talk about the mindset of being a goalkeeper in PKs and what you guys work on, and what a goalie is thinking in this moment. What can they what can they root themselves in for this moment?
0: I think the for me, whenever I talk about it, it's just a great opportunity to to make a play and help your team. Most penalties should be scored. The probability of them being saved is is pretty low if it's well taken. However, I think with that, there's a ton of information you can get out there and there's a lot of things you can do in terms of studying the taker. Before we played the Netherlands in the knockout game, we spent two days going through the whole team. That's how long it took. My idea was always to, we obviously have three goalkeepers and myself and we would sit there and I would always let the the player that was going to play sort of lead it. But, it was a more of a discussion to see if anybody picks something up, we make a decision and we we basically go with that.
2: Would you, is it safe to say in a penalty kick situation, you want your goalkeeper to commit to the prediction, right? To the tendency of the taker. Is that at the end of the day, that's what, that's what you need to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've worked with players in the past where they don't want to look at anything. They just want to make their own decision in the moment. And if that's, that's, they feel that strongly then. For me, then I'll, you know, unless it could, unless they dive the wrong way every single time for a, a series of penalties, then I would probably wouldn't intervene. But more recently, I think obviously with the amount of information that's now available
2: and the data, um, yeah,
0: I think it would be you'd be doing yourself a yeah disservice if you didn't analyse a player and look at, you know, if they've taken 15 penalties, look at them all and see and you know, trying to find some context as to why they went where, maybe what's what's their preference or is there a pattern in what they're doing guys I
1: want to take a second to reflect on one piece of equipment that we all play the golf ball now I don't know if you're one of those people that's always played a pro V or you switch around and and whatever but one thing that's kind of blown me away is I think I play a golf ball that not enough people know about and and just to be perfectly clear I've been playing this golf ball for years before they started partnering with us. Years. That's actually why this partnership happened, is because I reached out to TaylorMade and I said, hey, more people need to know about the Tor Response Golf Ball. I think we could do something together. I think we could help our listeners out. And so here's my little tip to you. The Tor Response Golf Balls are $42.99. The TP5X are $50.00. Right. So you might say, yeah, it's only eight bucks, whatever. Hey, savings is savings. And I have pretty much always played better with the Tor Response golf ball than the TP5. So the way that I like to judge my golf ball is on approach shots, does it stop where I hit it? So if I have 145 in, is my golf ball right next to my ball mark or did it spin back 10 feet? Right or did it jump forward? I like when the ball stops exactly where I hit it. Cause to me, that's what distance control is all about. I know the ball is going to go the distance that I'm planning if I hit it solid. Right. And the tour response is the ball that I've played forever. And that's what the, what the tour response does for me. So whether you play a TP five pro V one, I highly recommend play the tour response ball. The tour response stripe is actually their most popular ball. I didn't know how it would do because it's got a big stripe across the middle, but it's actually like really, really nice to putt with. You can see if you can keep the stripe straight. It's actually great to practice with too. So go to TaylorMadeGolf.com. I'll put the links in our show notes and our link in our bio at the par train on Instagram, but get yourself some tour response balls, or they've got a buy three Doesn't get one free promo right now for tp5x if you do want the tour level ball and want to pay a bit more they've got that promo going as well so dm us on instagram let us know what ball you play let's get the golf ball conversation going and uh let's get you guys back on track thanks guys i love how you said you've accepted that the data says most penalty kicks are going to go in Right. And so it's almost like it's kind of it's kind of like an underdog. Here's an opportunity to be the outlier. Here's an opportunity to make a play. I find that freeing. I think that's, that's a good analogy, did. sir, in golf of like, I think golf's all about percentages, too. You hear the best players in the world and the best coaches talk about, look, it's an inc- ar- arguably the hardest game in the world. It's just sitting there. The ball's just sitting there, but the ball can go like this, right? And we have all the time in the world to think about it. So giving yourself the best opportunity to make a good, aggressive, committed swing to the widest parts of the fairway, the widest parts of the green, even though we know the percentages are against us as a whole, it's a hard game. We have an opportunity. This is our best opportunity to make a play. And I think that's kind of what I took from what you said. I think that's a really cool way to think about it. It's an offensive opportunity, even though the odds are stacked against you. What percentage of goalies already know what they're going to do based on the research and what they know about the player versus how many goalies are instinctual in the moment based on a a move or the first step of the kicker? I think more you work with
0: now, more than... Goalkeepers in the current era are gonna be more research based. They're gonna look at the penalties, they're gonna have look for certain cues to maybe be influenced the decision. They may have experience of playing on the same national team together. So they've maybe got an idea that what they what they would like to do to be able to pick up on things if they were to, you know, face them again, maybe change and maybe they wanna change where they are going. I think for the goalkeeper it's uh, the, the 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 older goalkeeper I think is probably with maybe a little bit more instinctual, probably less information or it was less of a thing. So I just think maybe as the times have changed. That's where you've seen that shift.
2: And and this is happening in the golf, in the professional golf world too, and at a high level and amateur. It's relying on data to tell the story and to influence how you play a course. Even when you think you shouldn't hit driver, the data says you should. Yeah. And it's really changing modern sports.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think the more, obviously the, the, obviously the, The generation that's coming in now, they're more in tune with technology. So they're more inclined to use it and be able to apply it in the right way.
1: Aaron, what do you think it is about soccer where you can have best players in the world be 16, 15, 17? Like there's a, there's a, I forget his name, there's a kid playing on St. Louis FC, playing still in high school. (laughs) High school, I know, 20 minutes, you know, from where I grew up. What is it about soccer or football internationally that, I guess, what can we learn from these athletes that can be so successful so young mentally?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one from the mental standpoint. I think it's a young person's game. If you can't run, the game will pass you by, or you end up obviously not being maybe in that, in the top leagues, or you don't play every week.
1: So that's why I couldn't make it. I think <laughs> – <laughs>
0: And then I think, you know, as you get older, you become a little bit more set in your ways and you, you are who you are. And I think one thing that soccer doesn't stop, it just keeps going and it's consistently evolving and people are always trying to change or come up with different ideas or pull something from a long time ago, which obviously changed the style of, you know, kind of where the game is. I think you need flexible and adaptable people. And I think maybe the younger you are, the more willing and open-minded you are versus... Uh, and the easier maybe it is to apply new, new things and to be able to pick them up. There's those, those sort of dynamics that are constantly going in the background, but I think fundamentally you have to be able to run.
1: And speaking of that, Aaron, one of the, maybe the best compliment we've ever received on this show is we were called, we've got a couple of messages. We were called the Ted Lasso of golf. Because that's great. The golf world can be inherently very negative because it's the most self-deprecating game out there, right? It's it's you're never you're never safe from golf. You could hit the greatest shot of your life and then hit the worst shot of your life five minutes later. I'm just curious. You're around some of the best players in the world, especially in the men's national team. Are these players are they into Ted Lasso? Do they like it? Is it does it come off authentic? Do they enjoy it, or is it not as much of a? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of satire and stuff there for entertainment purposes. But do soccer players like the show?
0: I personally do. I think it gets mixed reviews. I have. I actually met Coach uh, Coach Beard and stuff, so they seem great guys. I think the show has, you know, like you say, it's got a good good storyline. do not take it too serious. I think the interesting thing that's happened. In recent, in the recent times is we've had American coaches go to England and be in the Premier League. And there's been this instant parallel of them being called Coach Lasso. Oh,
2: really? (laughs) Aaron, I mean, I want to, and Ev, if you got anything else, but we want to dig into your game, your golf game, too. You know, we love hearing about your handicap, how long you've been playing, what you're working on, some learnings, you know, and uh, we love diving into our guest games.
1: And also how you use it as a coaching tool.
2: As yeah. Well. And I, how, and, how and what you, yeah, certainly the parallels.
0: The biggest thing for me with, uh, with really getting into playing golf consistently was was COVID and just being obviously not really able to do anything else and just the enjoyment and, and the ability to, uh, you know, sort of still do sport. Cause obviously it wasn't really doing much work, you know, on, on the field stuff we weren't soccer was kind of, you know, shut down for a while. So playing, playing golf was, uh, was a sort of for me like the next best way to even just compete in my own mind, but obviously continue to enjoy it and trying to chip away and get better at it for sure. So, you know, it's interesting. It was something that my uh, my wife encouraged me to do was, whenever I come nice. back from camp, was to go play the next day, just because it was it gave me a chance maybe to come from all the way up here, you know, sort of this intense high period of work to normal everyday right? life. With a what, yeah, wife and kids are on a working on a different, yeah, working at a different level of intensity. It was sort of a good de-stressor for me from that standpoint.
1: That's how you know you got a keeper, you know, pun intended. Absolutely,
0: exactly.
2: (laughs) It's 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 funny. My dad, he loved to hit balls on their driving range. Just he would like to actually hit balls more. They loved to play, but he always feel like what Pat, why do you so many balls? Why do you love it? He just says, it's just kind of my. That's my de stressor. It's my therapy. You know, <laughs> like it's just forget yeah, about, yeah, forget about. You know, it's just a and, and the the ability the, the opportunity to work on something too. You know yeah. that, that that's right, for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: So Aaron, you use we heard you use golf with your goalkeepers as a way to work on various mental things. Is that true?
0: I know uh, a bunch of the guys that I've worked with. They they play golf, and whenever there's a day off. They're always off playing golf. There's a bunch of guys, actually, they're all pretty good. Uh, always good to hear the stories about who took money off who. But, you know, it's a hugely popular sport within soccer, you know, football. Uh, I would say a large percentage of guys play golf. You know, usually you get one day off a week. Most guys would probably play golf on a day off.
1: That's Why cool. do you think that is?
0: For the most part, Repeat. with most professional athletes, a the chance to compete. Whether yeah. it's with friends or themselves, uh, um, you know, obviously, mostly usually have good hand-eye coordination. So have any, have a decent foundation to begin with, uh, and it's usually they're the ones that I feel that can pick it up pretty easy as well. Uh, in terms of just their their how fast they can improve.
2: Where Aaron, where where have you seen improvement in your game these last couple of years? What, what what would you consider a strength?
0: I would say. I wouldn't necessarily have any strengths, but I think just being more come on more consistent more consistent uh, with how I'm actually how I'm actually like hitting the golf ball. I think, you know, you, you look at things, you watch things, obviously there's more there's more to it than than just watching watching maybe videos and listening to tips from people right. to find what works for for you. So right. I think being more consistent with what I'm doing. I think like you say, pre shot routine trying to focus and get away from thinking oh, the green is there. I'm going to, I, I got to go for how I'm swing, swing in the club and, and making contact with the ball is, uh, is always uh, important. I think to me, otherwise I think it can become a very difficult round.
2: It sounds like just course management starting to understand that, yes. how to play yeah. the hole. like I've got options.
1: Is there anything you've learned as you've progressed as a golfer yourself where you're like, Oh yeah, this, I can talk to, about this with my players or this could make me a better coach. Is there anything that's helped elevate you as a coach in soccer?
0: I think the thing about golf is patience for me is that when you try and speed up playing, when you try and try and swing too hard, or you try and overthink about what you're trying to do. And I think there's definitely parallels there with the way I view soccer and the the goalkeeper position the gold behind you. The game is coming to you. If you chase it too much, it'll get you. Um, so it's it's a question of under, understanding, and accepting that, and then being able to. And I think that's the same for me a little bit when I think about golf and standing there. And uh, it's not about how hard you can swing. It's not about how far you can hit it. Uh, um, it it's about just the consistency of in that moment being 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 consistent with how you're approaching the ball, how you're swinging, the timing, uh, and the contact.
1: What you just said made me think of my eight-year-old nephew where I went to his soccer championship, which was so intense. I would never thought an eight-year-old soccer championship would be this intense, but parents were screaming, yelling. His team was getting beat down. But my nephew was the goalie, and this kid, Connor would be sprinting out 30 yards just taking people out not letting the ball come to him he was their only chance to win they actually got hurt had to leave the game and they lost but that's one way to play goalie it was actually
2: quite inspiring to watch
0: that's amazing that's good
2: have you ever been been a part of a sport where you can hear so many different ways to do something like god just golf instruction and you know all the instagram videos it's it's not the- yeah, for sure. It's, it's, incredible, it's overwhelming.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. And I, I mean, when I've had lessons before, I've had lessons off a couple of different people. They're completely opposite. And yeah. the second person I went to, I thought, you know, I was doing what I've been previously told. They, like, they worked at the same golf course, and he's like, "No, that's." we like, "What are you doing? That's a disaster." Yeah, right. And obviously, like then they try and change into sort of their style, and yeah, for sure, I think yeah, obviously there's always a lot of ways to there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, of course. You know, I think that's that's always the beauty about any sport, right? It's just finding what works for you. Uh, the way you play probably might not work for me and, or for Evan, you know. I think that's, uh, yeah. that's always the interesting part about it.
1: All right, guys, stay seated. This train's going to make a quick pit stop. Keep those seatbelts fast, and we'll get the train right back on track. I've got something for you guys that I think you're going to absolutely love. I don't know about you. I've been talking to different friends, and I realized – it's pretty rare for people to have a go-to golf shoe. People have go-to equipment brands for their putters, their irons, their wedges, drivers, et cetera. But golf shoes, you kind of jump around a little bit. And I've been looking for a brand that I can stick with. And I was honestly a little bit surprised when I realized it and I tried it on, but now I'll never go back. Olakai Golf Shoes. They call it Aloha Golf. It's all about Same thing, enjoying the ride, Aloha Golf, staying chill, staying happy, enjoying it all. But more importantly, it's the most comfortable golf shoe I've ever worn. So you guys might know Olakai for the sandals and their uh, regular footwear. And everybody, you know, I've got like the flattest feet in the world. I could never find sandals that fit my foot. The only sandal that's ever fit my foot are Olakai flip-flops. So I'm seeing so many people that wear Olakai For everyday stuff, when they hear they had a golf shoe, they ran straight to Olakai.com and got themselves these pairs. I personally love the white leather shoe. It's super classic. They've got gray, brown, et cetera. And they've also got these other styles that are kind of cool and unique. There's some brown leather mixed into some navy canvas, and it's a little bit more eclectic and kind of a trail outdoor feel. And it's pretty cool. I have those two. And the heel, best part, The heel on all their golf shoes flap down, just like the regular footwear. Go to our show notes of this episode or go to our Instagram account at The Par Train. Tap the link in bio. You'll see an Olakai link in there. Tap that link because if you click that link, you will get free shipping on your order. Highly recommend this, guys. Remember, I tested them back in April and walked 36 holes at Bannon Dunes without breaking them in and I had zero blisters. I've had shoes that are broken in that I've worn for months that gave me blisters at Bandon Dunes. These didn't. So tap that link in our show notes with this episode or go to our bio at The Par and get yourself the most comfortable golf shoes I've ever worn. All right, let's get back to the show. Aaron, have you ever worked, and obviously you don't have to say names, but just generally, have you ever worked for the goalie that did hit rock bottom, lost all their confidence, felt like they couldn't save anything and if so or even encountered that yourself how did you guys work through that if so
0: i think when you think about loss of confidence it's always like trying to get back to the basics and restoring the confidence in that that those those parts of the game because you know you should, i think who i think covid said you should never get bored with the basics him or jordan said mm. that one time uh, mm. um, i like that and, and there's, there's just so much truth to that um, and, the, you know, the basics of the things you work obviously they're the fundamentals that you're working on every day. I think so that, you know, the first part for me would be to establish those again. Um, and sometimes, you know, the unfortunate part when you think about that, you know, that which I not mean, take time, time off the field in terms of, you know, you don't play for a week or two weeks or something, you know, you lose your place and now all of a sudden you've got to, so you can give a clean break to, then from a mental standpoint, okay, let's let's remove you from this and then from there, let's build you back up again. I think, you know, start with the basics and then you can start to move along and then maybe there's an opportunity to bring them back into the game. If you don't have that situation, I think it's important, again, to keep reminding them about the things that they do when they're at the best. What is it that you would do there? What is it? And think about, what you you know, where you're at currently and try and get them to revert back to where they were, predisposing their mindset to in order for me to do my job, I need to do this. In order for me to execute, I need to do this. Rather than thinking, "Oh, this is going to happen," or "This is going to," happen. this guy's not doing his job, or they're not doing their job. This guy missed the tackle. And I think when you start to go down that route, you know, and it maybe is the same in golf in terms of if you're, you know, either somebody's chasing you or you're you're chasing someone that oh they've just hit a good shot now I got to hit a good job. you know I make par or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be from that standpoint is that I think you chase those moments. It can be, it can be difficult.
1: You know, one thing, sir, that I've realized
2: it's hard hard to to deal with all that.
1: After almost 240 podcasts with some of the best players and coaches in the world, I've realized that everyday golfers, I think we make a wrong assumption that we think the best players focus on the basics because they have, the basic fundamentals down, like they already got the swing figured out. So they just hammer home the basics as like maintenance. But then you hear this across all sports, like your point with Kobe and the best soccer players in the world, it seems like the best athletes focus on the basics, whereas the amateurs try to reinvent and change things in motion and positional stuff. And I got to get here you know versus just working on you know posture alignment grip
2: well, tempo. it's putting in the it's putting in the time to the non sexy stuff
1: yeah but i would you say that's yeah, for true sure. for your for athletes sure. too as yeah, you put in the time definitely. for the non
2: sexy stuff
0: yeah 100% i think it's important that you know as a coach that you've given them those 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 moments you can't go out on the golf course trying to practice on your swing can you i would say i'm not going to try and well, practice something different within within myself because that's going to lead potentially, it's more than often than not, it's going to lead to being be a very really difficult round.
1: Right. So let me ask you this, Aaron. We didn't really get to talk about the national team. I'm just curious from a mental standpoint, you got to watch firsthand a team representing a country that historically is, it's the underdog. You know, the country kind of Turns on soccer once every four years, it seems like, for the national team. What is the mindset of that room? I know this group from this past World Cup was really young. I think it was one of our youngest teams ever, keep me honest. What was the mindset of that group, of being the underdog? What can the average athlete take away from that team dynamic that they saw so much success with?
0: The one thing we talked about a lot in stress was just the, the collective. You know, it's no one individual that's going to win a game. And to win the World Cup, and you have to beat the person that's in front of you on that day. You don't have to do anything else. And, you know, we just try to relay that message that, you know, every time we encounter these, every, every time we encounter next opponent is we just have to be better than them on that day. Uh, it's not to say that we're better than them, but on that day, we were better. We tried to take that approach to uh, into the games in terms of how we how we managed everyone because obviously they all had different. You think of the group games you play England. There is a little bit of a rivalry that's been there in the World Cup because South Africa. Obviously, US played. They we're in the same we we're in the group, same group, and obviously ended up tying the game. The U, England's never beat the US in a competitive World Cup match. But, you know, so there was all these, you know, and obviously the history and then obviously you play Iran and obviously all the dynamics that were going on at at the time. A lot of these guys probably didn't have any context to the geopolitical side of, you know, you need to beat Iran. (laughs) Uh, And that being really important. So I think, you know, the one thing when you're at the World Cup, you are sort of in this bubble, completely insulated from Really, I mean, if you don't want to know about anything that's going on in the outside, you you can you can you can make that happen, which I think obviously is a good thing and, and helps a lot. And and Greg Greg the head coach did a great job. I think uh, for, for the games.
1: The cool thing of about that that I love, Aaron, is I think it's really easy in the World Cup and obviously golf too to get ahead of ourselves. You see this mountain that you have to climb, and you have to think to yourself oh man, I'm like, we've never done it before. How are we going to beat someone like England, France, Brazil, Italy, all like, how are we going to beat someone like that? Right. But that's getting ahead of yourself. I think brooding yourselves in the moment of all I have to do is be better than this team today. Just like in golf, all I have to do is give this shot the best chance, my best effort, and then at the end of the round, let's see where my score stacks up. I think it's actually a very similar strategy that the coaching staff did with the men's national team.
0: Yeah, I agree with it. We, we always talk about sort of, you know, with, with the journey with the national team, it's, it is about a mountain and you are consistently climbing, but it's not, it's not like you climb the mountain and then that's it. You've done it. There's, there's another peak that's coming. There's another opponent that's going to come. Yeah. We constantly worked and, and, Moved along as the, as the time went by, as thinking about how we were constantly climbing because we were climbing to get to always thinking about the the end objective was obviously the World Cup at the end of last year, but there was obviously a lot of steps to get there along the way.
2: Well, it's pretty it's pretty cool that you've had the opportunity to be in all these national and international environments at the highest level. And um, look forward. to, I know you you were at the Fire a long time ago too, Chicago Fire. Yeah,
0: that's
2: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the fire. That's correct. Yeah, we we'll have to, we'll been, have to try uh, and come see cool, you. In one of the, one of the, one of the games uh, in the MLS. It'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. That, definitely.
0: Yeah, we're uh, we're playing Chicago later in the year, actually. Yeah, I
1: can't cool. wait to go home and see uh, STLFC match in the new stadium. I know St. Louis has a ton of roots with the game of soccer. A lot of men's national team players come from St. Louis and. That's right, um, yeah. yeah, I can I can feel the buzz from the city. So I can't wait to go home and, and go to a game and wear a, wear a scarf when it's warm out because, you know, that's <laughs> just what you do. <laughs> that's
0: what you do. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they've done a fantastic job. They really have.
1: Tip your hat to them. Well, Aaron, thank you for hopping aboard. Anything that we've talked about that you want to reiterate or hit home for the average golfer out there or aspiring soccer player, or something that maybe we didn't get to talk about that you want to make sure you say before we uh, hop off the train here?
0: Yeah, I just think the things for me that I think are really important with working with high-level athletes, and I think it just trickles down to, to life in general, is just you know staying in the moment, staying present. Uh, I think that stuff is that is so important in terms of being able to focus and center yourself to Think about what you're doing and and, and know what is important. And in that moment, to to be able to execute to the best best of your ability, because when you start chasing things or start thinking about oh well, if I could get this here, and then maybe I've got an easier chip onto the green. I think when you start getting ahead of yourself like that, then you you lose focus with actually actually what you need to do in that moment. Or if you get caught hung up on a previous shot, it can easily help you uh, spiral. Um, and you know. Being able to just focus on the present, I think is so important. I wish I could do it a little bit more in my own golf game. It's uh, it's something I continue to work well, on as well.
2: It's what we're always going to be working on, and I think that's a great way to kind of sum yeah. it up.
1: Yeah, love it. Well, where can people find you, Aaron, if they want to learn more about you?
0: Twitter uh, at A-Z-Z-A-H-1-3 on Twitter, and as there is my nickname, and then uh, same on Instagram as well. So
1: Okay, sweet. I just gave you a follow on twitter there well aaron this was a real fun ride thank you so much for awesome hopping aboard we'll be rooting for you throughout the season hopefully future world cups to come so thanks again for hopping aboard and uh, i think a lot of people will find this super helpful and interesting
2: great to
0: meet you yeah thanks guys yeah thanks thanks for having me guys really appreciate
1: it. hey guys this is evan real quick before you hop off the train i got something for you it's called the train of thought it's our new email newsletter Would you like to get one nugget, insight, or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to the Train of Thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the
0: ride. See you guys.